Good morning. This is a re-delivery of the sermon from Sunday, January 29th, 2023. The scripture from John 1, verses 1 through 5. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. This morning we're going to continue our look at some of the imagery from the Gospels and the New Testament where we look and we see how and where Jesus is the light of the world and where we are reminded that in him God has brought light into our lives and into this world. Over the past few weeks, we've spent some time in some of the New Testament and Gospel scriptures where we see where Jesus is light or where we see the way that God has revealed himself through light in the person of Jesus Christ. For example, we've read from Matthew 17, which is the story of the transfiguration where Jesus and Peter, James, and John go to a mountain where Moses and Elijah join him on that mountain. And on that mountain, God reveals to, all, to, to the disciples that Jesus truly is God. We've also looked at John chapter 3, where Jesus talks of being the light of the world. And then last Sunday, we spent time in Luke chapter 1. In each of these passages, we see different ways where God shows us how Jesus is light and where we are reminded that God chose to enter the world through the person of Jesus Christ. We see how God invites us to enter this light by leaving the darkness behind and by choosing to pursue a life that is in Christ and in God himself. As I was doing my preparation for this week's sermon, I want to share with you a quote that I came across. The quote was written by a man named Jerome. Jerome lived in the 300s AD, and he wrote this about the Bible. He said, The scriptures are shallow enough for a babe to come and drink without fear of drowning, and deep enough for a theologian to swim in without ever touching the bottom. The scriptures are shallow enough for a babe to come and drink without fear of drowning, and deep enough for a theologian to swim in without ever touching the bottom. Right, so I came across, across this quote because I heard an adaptation of it that got me thinking, and the adaptation was, the Bible is shallow enough for a child to paddle in, but deep enough for an elephant to swim in. I'll be honest, I was a little surprised when I attempted to research the origin of this quote, to find that it is attributed to St. Jerome as the one who originally coined the phrase. It got me thinking about Jerome, and there are a few interesting things that I wanted to share with you about him. His ministry was in Turkey and then Rome, but he is remembered for his time in Bethlehem. He was there for 30 years where he lived in Bethlehem, and he lived in St. Catherine's Monastery, which was a monastery that is adjacent to the Church of the Nativity, which is the church that's built over the caves where Jesus was born. During his time in Bethlehem, Jerome is best remembered for a couple of things. The first is he was one of the leading church fathers in the 300s, and he carried on an ongoing theological debate with another giant of the faith, St. Augustine. 
Saint Augustine was present at the Council of Nicaea. Saint Augustine is responsible for coining and helping us to uh, come up with the theological understanding of Jesus being both fully God and fully man, and and coining the or helping to to write the affirmation of faith that we read, the Nicene Creed. And so Jerome and and Augustine uh, had a, an ongoing discussion over the divinity of Christ and of God and of God's choosing to send Himself into the world. They never came to blows like others did at the Council of Nicaea, but the two of them had a debate that I'm sure uh, they strengthened each other through their discussion with one another and through their commitment to Christ and to God. The second thing that we remember Jerome for is during his time in Bethlehem, which I said was over 30 years, he spent uh, that whole time translating the Bible from the original Greek and the original Hebrew into the Latin language. He was the first to do this, and in that 30 years, he spent time making and doing this translation and writing commentaries in the scriptures, uh, doing all this in the caves underneath St. Catherine's. We remember his translation of the Bible because his Latin translation opened the Bible to so many more people than were previously able to read it. His Latin translation became the foundation on which other biblical translations were made into other languages. Even the King James Version and many other versions that were used. Of all of the Gospels, John's Gospel that we read of today is probably the one that is closest to Jerome's quote about the Bible. Because if you think about it, you can pick up the Gospel of John without really any Christian knowledge, and you can read it, and it is shallow enough in terms of reading it for you to understand who Jesus was, who Jesus is. You can understand his miracles, his ministry, his death, and his resurrection. You could read the Gospel of John in a shallow sense. And you could receive the belief of who John knew Jesus to be. And you could see who Jesus is. You could do that on your own, just reading it on your own and, and reading the words at face value. At the same time, John gives us a depth in his gospel that enables us to follow the Holy Spirit's prompting and the Holy Spirit's leading as we go deeper into understanding who Jesus is and as we grow in our faith and as in the ways that we choose to become followers and disciples of him. So John's gospel is one that we can read. We can see what he means, and we can see who Jesus was and is, while at the same time we can keep reading it with the Spirit's prompting and guiding. We can go even deeper into understanding more and receiving more. I read a helpful explanation on John's gospel and on these verses that we read today. In his commentary in the Gospel of John, N.T. Wright, who is a biblical scholar and theologian in England, wrote that when you begin reading John's gospel, the first 14 verses are like a driveway on the approach to a grand home or a grand manor. And so if you picture this, where you turn into a driveway, you know what lies at the end of the driveway. Maybe you've never seen the home before, but as you turn into the driveway, you are unable to see the home because there's uh, hedges or shrubs or vegetation or you have to crest a hill or something like that. And so as you've entered the driveway, you do not see your goal ahead but you know it's there. And at some point as you're driving 
into the driveway, you take a turn or you crest a hill and whatever it is that, that gets out of your way and, and no longer obstructs your way, you're then able to see the home in the distance. N.T. Wright compares the first 14 verses of John to being the driveway or the entrance area for the entire gospel. Meaning that you can read the first chapter of John, these first 14 or 15 verses, and you can receive a picture of who John believes Jesus is before he ever gets into it. This is because John wants us to see where the gospel is going to be going before we ever read any more of the words. This is also because John considers the eternal purpose of Jesus as the most important thing for you to see and for you to receive. This means John wants you to see that Jesus is part of the triune God. Jesus is part of the Trinity. Jesus is, uh, has existed as long as God himself has existed. Jesus was not created by God, but he is God. John wants us to see that, and John wants us to understand that before we ever get into the birth, into the life, into the story, into the miracles, into the healings, into anything involved in the ministry of Jesus. Because John wants you to see that the eternal purpose of God that is at work in the person of Jesus is first before we get any farther into the gospel. And so the eternal purpose of God is Jesus' coming into the world, is Jesus' entrance into the world, where John writes, in the beginning was the Word. In the beginning was the Word. Perhaps those words are familiar to you, or as I say them, you think of them in another place where you've read and heard them. In the beginning was the Word. As we read these words, we enter a place that is both familiar and unfamiliar when it comes to the Scripture. It's familiar because when I say in the beginning, you may automatically go to the first words of Genesis, where we remember the creation story, where we remember the ways that God created light and the dark, where God split the heavens, and where God created. In the beginning. These are the same words that begin the very story of God in Genesis chapter 1. And there's a reason that John chose to use these words himself. See, friends, John's story about Jesus, who is the Christ and who is the Messiah, is the eternal story. John's story is the same story that we read about in Genesis chapter 1. It's the same story. It's just the story of Jesus, and it is the story of God. John wants us to see that God is at work in his gospel. John wants us to see that God is at work in the exact same way that God was at work in the creation. So this means that the life that is offered to each of us in Jesus is not a new story. It's not a new thing. It's not something that God has just come up with. It's the same story of God. It's the same story of God's creation. And that means it's not a separate edition, but it's a continuation. It's a continuation of the same story of God and of Jesus that is written and is still being written today. 
And then John continues by saying, Through him all things were made, without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood him. In him was life. In Jesus, we've received life. We can go back to Genesis 1 and see where Jesus was present in the creation, in the breathing of the breath of life by God into Adam and Eve, in the creating, in the separations of the firmament, in the hanging of the lights in the sky, and everything else. We can see and we can remember that Jesus, in Jesus, we find life. But that's the same life that John's writing about that Jesus brings us. About Jesus bringing life into a world that is not expecting it and was not expecting it. Of Jesus bringing life to a people who were not looking for it. Or at least they weren't looking for the type of life, light that Jesus was bringing. In Jesus we have life even in a time and in a place where the darkness does not understand it. Because the world still doesn't understand the gift of Jesus. The world still doesn't understand the, the way that in Jesus the Word has become flesh, the incarnation. The world does not understand that the same God who in Genesis 1 puts light into the darkness is the same God that has created and is the same God who sent us light in the person of Jesus Christ. Because Jesus fulfilled the words of the prophet Isaiah who said, The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. Friends, this means that the darkest days caused by sin are over. This means that the hope that we can have in Christ is eternal. This means that the story of Jesus is a continuation of the story of God and his relationship with his people. Now, this doesn't mean that we're not going to experience times of darkness. It doesn't mean that at times things are not going to be perfect. But what it does mean is that when things seem dark and when things are imperfect, it means that we can have hope in Christ and through Christ. For we know that he is the brightest light, even in the darkest night. And all we can do is seek out the light to keep our eyes focused on Christ and to follow the light of God. For it's in Christ that the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. For in 1 John it tells us, For God is light, and in him there is no darkness at all. Amen.